Hey, thanks so much for joining us at our Red Rocks Church podcast. If you're new here, we're just a bunch of broken, messed up, imperfect people pursuing a perfect God. We hope that this message encourages your heart, builds your faith so that you can say yes to all of the plans and the purposes of God for your life. Enjoy this message. Jesus, we want to see what we just sang about. I feel it in my bones. An awakening is happening. A new day is dawning. The tides are shifting. We want to see a new revival in our nation. We pray that the name of Jesus would become more and more beautiful and captivating to millions of people who have no idea what's about to hit them. Oh, Holy Spirit, pour out the things of heaven on us in Jesus' name. Even a glimpse today is all we need and more than enough. And it's in your beautiful and wonderful and powerful name that we pray, amen. Come on, if you love Jesus and you believe it, Lift up your shout of praise. Oh, if your voice doesn't hurt tomorrow, you're not doing it right. Make some noise. Woo! And let's welcome all of our locations and our three God Behind Bars campuses. We love you so much. You happy to be alive? Happy to be in the room? It's honestly how I feel about any room I'm in. I'm just happy to be here. Sean, you look great. Are you ready? I love you, man. I'm grateful to be here. Thank you. Turn to one person and say, it's about to go down in church today. And then you may take a seat. Thank you, team. That was beautiful. Hey, thank you for showing up expectant. Thank you for tuning in. All my favorite people, my note takers, I love you so much. We are going to call this talk Childlike Wonder. I'm so excited for this. I think you're going to like this. Childlike Wonder. This is a Scott Erickson quote. Wonder is not an exterior destination. Wonder is an interior filter that you learn to see life through. And I love that, but I would change one word in that definition. I would change the word learn to relearn. Because how many know once upon a time when you were a kid, wonder just came easy for you, right? But then you grew up and then you got smarter and you found out firsthand, you know what? There's actually a lot of things to be worried about. And the world can be a brutal and painful place. And people can do and say horrible things. And the same imagination that used to make you wonder now makes you worry. And the same mind that used to lead you into awe now leads you into, into anxiety. And somewhere along the way, maybe just maybe, you developed what we'll call a mature cynicism. Which, by the way, is an oxymoron. And while many people will stay there, 
I believe the kingdom invitation is to relearn childlike wonder again, amen? Look what Jesus says in Mark chapter 10. Let all the little children come to me and never hinder them. This is the mama bear part of the heart of our God. Don't you know that God's kingdom exists for such as these? Listen to the truth I speak. Whoever does not open their arms to receive God's kingdom like a teachable child will never enter it. So I wanna give you this, this sermon in one sentence, Sam, so you can just tune out after this. Here it is. The most mature adult has the most infant heart. The most mature adult has the most infant heart. You are drawn to the kingdom of God because you have a youthful spirit. Levi Lusco said this is a movement led by men and women with the hearts of children. Why did God design it that way? Why does God love children? Maybe, just maybe, because kids remind God of himself. I don't even think you're ready for this quote that's about to go down right now, but I'm gonna say it. It's G.K. Chesterton. You already know this is gonna be good just by the name. God has the eternal appetite of infancy, for we have sinned and grown old, and our Father is younger than we are. Think about that. There was no death until there was sin. Sin is the reason that we get old. Our sinless God does not age. He is eternal, and yet he is forever young, which is why you could say God is younger than us. And God loves a youthful spirit because the heart of a child is the filter of wonder. You relearn to see life through again. And so I wanna give you three ways to do that, three ways to recapture the wonder that used to come so easy for you, three ways to relearn childlike wonder. Are you ready? Okay, ready or not, here I come, here we go. Number one, enjoy mystery. I'm so excited already. Enjoy mystery. So church, we need to learn not just to embrace mystery, we need to learn to enjoy mystery mystery. Without mystery, there is no wonder, and without wonder, there is no worship. So for me personally, this is tough for me, but I am learning to enjoy mystery again by saying these three words. Are you ready? I don't know. Oh, it feels so good just to say that. Sometimes you don't have to have all the answers. Oh, it's a mystery. And sometimes I just don't know. Think about the disciples on the boat in the middle of the storm. They were just trying to cross the lake to the other side. You wanna know why? Because Jesus told them to cross the lake to the other side and all of a sudden it starts storming. You ever feel like you're just trying to do what God tells you to do and it starts storming on your life? Like why the storms, God? I don't always know. Well, why does it feel like Jesus is taking a nap in my boat in the middle of my storm? I don't always know, you guys. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Sometimes it's a mystery. Listen to me say this. Beware of the moments where your certainty becomes your sin. I've learned this from hospital visits. You don't always need the right answers all the time. More often than not, your presence is powerful enough. I don't know, but I'm here. And we do not have a God of confusion, but we do have a God of mystery. In Red Rocks Church, you want him that way because you can't worship a God that you fully understand. It's in the mystery, the unknown, the place in space where your feet may fail, that you find out who you really are and whose you really are, that you come face to face with your weaknesses and your fears, and you learn firsthand that Jesus really is enough. 
And that what you're not, he is. And when you can't, he can. And so I like whoever you are, whatever your story is, whatever you're going through, whatever your this is, you got this because he's got you. You know, when Jesus finally woke up and calmed the storm, just shh, 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 to a storm, told a storm to knock it off. The disciples were terrified and they wondered at the exact same time. Donald Miller says this, too much of our time is spent trying to chart God on a grid and too little is spent allowing our hearts to feel awe. By reducing Christian spirituality to formula, we deprive our hearts of wonder. I think about even trying to explain something like the mystery of the complexities of the Trinity. Like, Jason, we can do an okay job. There's great books and commentaries written about it. We got, we got some good illustrations, right? Oh, you guys, the Trinity is just like an egg. God's like an egg. You got, you got the shell, the egg white, and the yolk, but it's still just one egg, you know? Oh, it's, it's, he's water. Water can be a gas, a liquid, or a solid, but it's all still just H2O, right? One, one God, like three persons, one essence, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, tri, unity, Trinity. It's that simple. It's not that simple, you guys. It's not. There are things about your God you will never fully be able to understand, and you must not learn just to embrace that. You must learn to enjoy that. Enjoy that tinge of fear that you feel when you're standing in the presence of the Rocky Mountains with all of their imposing grandeur. Enjoy that feeling of sleeping beneath a starry night sky with no light pollution where you stretch up your hand and reach out to I don't know where and you realize how infinite all of this is and it occurs to you that you're laying on a planet, a sphere that's just suspended in a void of nothingness and you have no idea how it works and yet at the same time, you somehow feel safely part of it. That feeling when you're at the beach getting knocked around by the waves and you realize the ocean could kill you so fast if it wanted to. There is something so paradoxically exhilarating about how absolutely terrifying mystery is. It primes your heart for wonder and worship. Psalm 33, 6 and 7. All he had to do was speak by his spirit when command, and God created the heavenlies. Filled with galaxies and stars, the vast cosmos, he wonderfully made his voice, scooped out the seas, the ocean depths he poured into vast reservoirs. The NIV says he puts the waters of the deep into jars. A few years ago, I flew from LA to Sydney and it takes 14 hours traveling at 600 miles an hour to cross the Pacific Ocean. It was a red eye, I had a window seat, I couldn't sleep, and the whole night I just stared down at this infinite black abyss that is the Pacific Ocean, the whole time just wondering, what the heck is down there, man? <laughs> and I'm, I, like, I know all the nerdy stats, surprise, and I knew when we were over the Marianas Trench, like I know that thing is seven miles deep, which means the distance between the surface of the water and the ocean floor is greater than the distance between the surface of the water in our 747, and the Bible says that God puts the Marianas Trench into jars. Been night surfing before. I don't recommend it. One of the dumbest, most dangerous things you can do, not just because the sharks are out, but because it's night, it's dark, there's no line where the sky meets the sea that calls me. It's just, it's all black and it's all eerie floating around on your surfboard wondering what just touched my ankle. 
And in moments like that, I do love it because you don't feel insignificant, but you do feel small as your God perspective grows. You realize the ocean is no mystery to him. It does what he says. He puts it into jars. You have a God that cannot be exaggerated, and yet this same God who has all the infinite math figured out out there beyond the stars is still an intimately, like a deeply intimately personal God who's right here and right now wanting to know you. Like, can you explain that? Because I can't, I can't. And my challenge to you is this, enjoy the fact that you can't. Enjoy the fact that at the end of the day, no theologian is right. Oh, a lot of them are onto something, but nobody can understand the mysteries of your God. There is nobody like him and there will never be. Without mystery, there's no wonder. Without wonder, there's no worship. You wanna relearn wonder again? You need to relearn how to enjoy mystery. Amen? Amen. Number two, practice curiosity. Practice curiosity. Matthew eleven twenty five. 25. At that time, Jesus said this, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things. What things? The things of heaven. Shout out to the new album. You have hidden the things of heaven from the wise and the learned. You've revealed them to little children, to those with youthful spirits. Kids are endlessly curious. Have you noticed this? Child development researchers refer to babies and children as mini scientists, which I think is generous. I have two of them, but we'll go with it because they observe the world around them with curiosity and they constantly conduct little science experiments to understand how it all works. This is why babies are fascinated with their hands. This is my five-month-old daughter, Kinsley, right now, just for hours every day. Wow. (laughs) For hours, just can't get over it. Her fingers, are you serious? (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's why toddlers sit in their high chairs and just drop stuff over and over and over. It's actually not because they're trying to annoy us. Not most of them, not most of the time. I'm sure there's a few knuckleheads out there. It's because they're trying to figure out what gravity is. Oh, when I open my hands, it falls to the floor. If I do it again, will it do it again? Oh, it did it again and again. And every time I do it, dad picks it up. Oh my gosh, right? They're endlessly curious, just trying to figure out how... How everything works. And so here's my point. When curiosity goes, so does wonder. So the question becomes, as you get smarter, I'm looking at you right now. It's a smart room. A few exceptions, but it's a smart room. So as you get smarter, how do you stay curious? I wrote down just a few practical pro tips. Here we go. Take a new route to work because you can make that drive in your sleep. That's why you get to work, park in your space, and you realize, oh my gosh, I don't even remember driving my 3,500-pound vehicle at 65 miles an hour the whole way here. This is not good. And you're right, it's not good. Take a new route to work. Or the next time you fly, just stop and ponder for 60 seconds how stupid crazy it is that your 90,000-pound commercial jet is suspended five miles in the sky. New York to LA in five hours? 
Louis C.K. jokes, that used to take 30 years. You'd have generational turnover by the time you arrived at your destination. So before you open your laptop and go, hope the Wi-Fi works this time. Just want to watch Netflix. Hey, get your Netflix on. Just realize you're watching Netflix in a chair in the sky, flying through the air like a bird. Okay? It's ridiculous. Look for details in everyday life you've never seen before. Have a conversation with somebody who doesn't look like you, didn't grow up like you, doesn't share the same political beliefs as you, but not for debate, for curiosity's sake, because you you might find out the reason they have different political views is actually not because they're dumb. It's because maybe there's a backstory behind the behavior that very logically got them to where they are. And then if a debate happens, now you're not ignorant of their story. And it happens within the context of relationship, which is actually a very beautiful thing. One stay curious. Ask better questions. Kids teach us how to do this too. Being around kids is like being endlessly interrogated all the time. And all the parents said, amen. Dad, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? But why? But why? But why? You know what they're trying to do? They're trying to learn approximately everything. <laughs> hey, I see you. I see you walking. How do I get in on that, right? They don't know that falling off the table hurts. They don't know that knives are sharp, don't know what sharp means or what dangerous is. My two-year-old Will does not know you shouldn't eat rocks. It's a true story. I've had this actual conversation five times. Will, stop eating rocks at the park. Stop eating rocks, buddy. Dad, why? Because it's a rock, man. But what's a rock? It's not food. If you're really geologically curious, it's solid mineral material that makes up the Earth's crust and comes in three primary forms, igneous, sedimentary, and metamorphic, all of which will give you a tummy ache and hurt coming out the other end. You don't want to learn this the hard way, buddy, but he's just staying curious. You guys, we need to ask better questions because the day you stop learning is the day you you start dying. And I'll just, I'll let that sit for two seconds. The day you stop learning is the day you start dying. See, usually it's weird. The more successful a person is, the more questions they ask. It's called an inquisitive spirit, right? The best leaders aren't the ones that have all the best answers. The best leaders are the ones that ask the best questions. The real experts are the ones who don't actually believe that they are. This is one of our staff values, that humility actually keeps you curious. No matter how good you get at your craft, there is always more to learn. I can't work with somebody who thinks they know everything. It's exhausting to me for two reasons. Number one, there is always more to learn. No, you don't know it all. And number two, because God is constantly doing a new thing. And as Christians, man, we talk and sing the biggest game ever when it comes to God doing something new. But my goodness, do we resist him when he starts to? I don't know if you've noticed this. He's up to something. Almost like he's keeping us from going back to something. Coming like a rising sun, the curious ones are looking east. The gospel never changes, never changes. God stays the same through the ages, unchanging and everlasting. And yet at the same time, I find myself realizing I I don't wanna just give repeat sermons every five years. God, I'm hungry for something new. Teach me more about your essence and who you are. Our Red Rocks worship team, they're not interested in just writing the same song again and again, rebranded with a new chord progression. Not when God is an infinite well of revelations to have. 
He's an infinite well of God for us to know, man. I want to know him. Those who seek will find. To those who knock, the door will be open. To those who remain curious, you will learn. You're doing something new. God, I want to run to where you're going, church. We need to stay curious. Stay curious until you're as curious as George. It's going to hit somebody in about two hours from right now. Oh, George. Love that little guy. Enjoy mystery. Practice curiosity. And number three, get perspective. Psalm 8 was written by David. King David, David and Goliath David, shepherd boy David. Matt Chandler, pastor in Dallas, lovingly refers to King David as the schizophrenic king (laughs) because David, who wrote about half of the Psalms, was so brutally honest about the highs and lows of life. And you'll read David in, in, in one verse. He's crying out in pain, so dramatic. God, where are you? You've forsaken me. You're nowhere. Literally the next stanza, everywhere I go, there you are. (laughs) God, it's getting weird. Get away from me. Leave me alone. I read it and go, I love this guy. I am this guy. In Psalm chapter eight, he is sitting beneath a starry night sky and he writes this in a state of wonder. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them. That wasn't, I wasn't getting choked up. I had a Red Bull right before I came, so that was a burp I held back. And this was the serious part too. What is mankind? Oh, Holy Spirit, help us. That you are mindful of them. Scott, this is helpful. Thank you. Yep. Human beings that you care for them. Are you ready to nerd out with me for 10 minutes for some perspective? You don't really have a choice, so you better get ready. We're about to nerd out. Okay, we live in the Milky Way galaxy. Now, Louis Giglio is the OG astronomy preacher, and he calls the Milky Way galaxy our subdivision in the universe. The Milky Way galaxy, follow me here, is 100,000 light years from end to end, meaning light traveling at 186,000 miles a second has to travel that fast for 100,000 years to get to the other side. So if you think we have neighbors out there on the other side of our Milky Way cul-de-sac, I'm not sure, I've never been there, but if you think they're there and you wanna go visit them for a Milky Way block party, whatever you do, for the love of God, do not bring potato salad. You better be packing some serious non-perishables because you gotta be prepared to go 186,000 miles a second for 100,000 years. My goodness, that's a lot of bathroom breaks. Dad joke. If you're not laughing at that, It's just because you have normal high standards for humor. (laughs) Scott, whatever you're playing is just to me what space must sound like. So in space, nobody can hear you scream, but you can hear Scotty Miller on the pad. Yes. Okay. 
So I know what you're thinking. Oh, this is our solar system. I remember this was the puzzle from when I was a kid. Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus. I'm gonna say it that way because I lack the maturity to pronounce it the correct way. It still baffles me that that adult human beings allowed a planet to be called that. It kind of makes me angry. Uranus, Neptune, and wah, 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 R.I.P. Pluto. No, this is not our solar system. This is the Milky Way galaxy. It is one of 200 billion plus galaxies in our known and expanding universe. And this one galaxy contains 100 billion solar systems, one of which is ours. Our solar system is located in what's called a galactic habitable zone between two of the spiral arms snuggled right about there. Louis Giglio makes the point, nothing shouts perspective louder to us, that it's not about you and it's not about me than the fact that we are not even at the center of our own subdivision in the universe, okay? But don't FOMO about that. You do not wanna be where the party is in our universe. Josh, you disintegrate so fast, okay? See, this is a 15-foot 4K LED screen and still even one pixel is a thousand times too big for me to be able to see our solar system in this galaxy because our solar system in comparison to that Milky Way galaxy is the same size as a quarter in comparison to the continent of North America. And God made that and 200 billion more and counting by speaking. Psalm 33, once again, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. And still most of my prayers are me counseling God me advising him, uh, earth to God, if I could just bring your attention onto some of this stuff I don't think you're seeing, like drawing diagrams for God in my prayer time, you know what this is called? Perspective. You know what perspective is? Putting things in their proper place. You know what perspective leads to? Wonder. Like David, when I consider this, who am I that you even are mindful of me? When you exhale and stuff like that comes out of your mouth. And at the same time, this star breather who designs and hangs constellations like ornaments across the universe also purposefully and uniquely and fearfully and wonderfully wove you together in your mother's womb and knows every hair on your head and calls you by name. Like, are you kidding me? Wonder is to feel significant and small at the exact same time. There's 200 billion stars in our Milky Way subdivision. Our solar system centers around one of them and it's not the biggest, the baddest or the brightest star but it is the most perfectly designed and carefully placed star that we have found. We call it the sun. And right now orbiting around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour is earth. It's our home. This picture was taken from Apollo 17 on December 8th, 1972. And when the world saw this for the first time, it caused people to freeze, stop what they were doing and just stand in wonder. Three years before that was taken, Neil Armstrong stood on the moon. He looked back at that and he was quoted saying this, it suddenly struck me that that tiny pea, pretty and blue, was the earth. See, I put up my thumb and I shut one eye 
and my thumb blotted out the planet Earth. But notice his conclusion. He said, but I didn't feel like a giant. I felt very, very small. And every problem in your life right now, in my life right now, that just seems the size of the universe is all happening on that tiny little blue pea. And no, no, that's not to minimize what you're going through. That's real. That's to maximize your God. You understand me? The astronomy world affectionately refers to our planet as the little blue marble. And so far, no other planet quite like it has been found because not only is our solar system located in a galactic habitable zone of our Milky Way galaxy, but our planet is located in a circumstellar habitable zone of our solar system, also called the Goldilocks zone. Now, you can go Google that later if you're ready for that level of nerddom. And when you do, what you're going to find is that there are 15 infinitely unlikely factors working together right now in the right order, in the proper timing to make life on earth possible. From the perfect size of our moon and its perfect distance from our planet to keep the oceans and the tides in line and to keep us tilted at the right degree at our axis, spinning at the right speed to give us the ideal 24-hour day, to the fact that our sun is a very rare non-binary star that is strangely consistent that hasn't changed for thousands, if not millions of years, to the fact that our planet has a rocky core to stabilize life. But not just that, it also has a molten center around its rocky core that generates ideal magnetospheres to protect us from solar winds. And on and on and on I could go. Louis Giglio says what David also observed, that with perspective, nothing about anything is ordinary. And our God has placed us in an oversized infinite an extraordinary universe filled with glimpses of his glory so that you and me would never forget it. Amen. Albert Einstein said this, he who can no longer pause in wonder and stand wrapped in awe is as good as dead. His eyes are closed for nothing about anything is ordinary. And wonder, if you will look for it, is all around you. Psalm 19, 1, 2. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hand. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. So if you're thinking, that's kind of arrogant to assume God made all of that just to be a home for you and me, and I agree with you. But if he made all of that and placed us against the backdrop of this wonderful infinity to show us how big he is, then the universe seems to be just about the right size. I wrote a new definition for wonder this week, and sorry, Webster's, but this is better. Wonder is your sixth sense of the God beyond the beauty. Wonder is your sixth sense of the God beyond the beauty. The new Red Rocks worship album, Things of Heaven. I'll say it this way. Wonder is your awareness of the things of heaven. They're all around you right now. Are you aware of it? 
wonder, your awareness of the things of heaven. Ecclesiastes chapter three says, God has written eternity into your heart, which by the way is why you know somewhere deep down that you were made for something bigger than the things that you can see in front of you. For what is seen is only temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. By the way, this is why, this is why Bono, And Solomon and Justin Bieber can have everything the world has to offer and still not find what their hearts are looking for. Why? Because your heart was lovingly designed by God with an indentation the size of eternity and nothing temporary will complete it. No salary, no job, no amount of money in the bank account, no no status, no person, no marriage, no adventure, no dream, no matter how good, no matter how big, no, no. None of that is the size of forever. It's not the size of forever, which means you need wonder to experience the eternal creator beyond his temporary creation, which means without wonder, you will miss out on the fullness of what your life has to offer. So go with me here. Without God, the stars are still pretty to look at. They'll still twinkle if you don't believe in God and don't know Jesus. But at the end of the day, it's just hydrogen and helium out there, you guys. That's all it is. Your soul is not being awakened by a bunch of hydrogen atoms in the shape of a big burning ball. It's just not. It's not burning helium that is speaking to the deepest, most hidden places and spaces of your heart, informing you that, yes, you indeed are part of something much bigger than you. Nothing against hydrogen and helium. I love them. They have their place. But no, it is wonder, wonder, your sixth sense of the God out there beyond the stars who made the stars as signal flares of grace and glimpses of his glory and the work of his hands as if to say, you guys, I'm here here and the size and splendor of this indescribable infinite universe I've placed you in means you matter to me and you are far more known and loved than you ever dared imagine but you need wonder to have a sense of the God beyond that beauty or you will miss the fullness of the things you can see in front of you because to some extent no matter how awesome or good that thing will always fall Sure. Oh, only one thing is eternal. It's no mistake that you have an indentation, the shape of eternity written into your heart, into your soul. There's a God there who wants to complete that. The things are heaven. The things of heaven are here. May our awareness increase. May our God senses increase. Holy Spirit, you're here right now. God, you're always present. It's us that aren't always present. God, wonder is all around us. There's a sunrise and a sunset every single day, church. 14 of them last week. How many did you see? And I know that sounds oversimplified. It's supposed to. The stars are out on every clear night above the heads of millions and billions of people who are way too busy to look up. Wonder is everywhere. Enjoy mystery. Practice curiosity. Get perspective. Why? Because the most mature adult has the most infant heart. Do not remain trapped in the oxymoron called mature cynicism. This is your kingdom invitation into what's called the second naivety, where you relearn childlike wonder, except this time you have the wisdom and the maturity to steward and sustain it. 
Church, enjoy mystery, practice curiosity, get perspective, and remember there is nothing that will shake you out of God's hands. Even in the seasons where you let go of Him, I promise you, He's not letting go of you. And if He's got the universe like this, then He's got you, man. Like He's got you. The same hands holding the Milky Way galaxy, 100,000 light years from end to end, and 200 billion and counting, just like it, are also holding your family and your future and your heart. And at the end of a very long and taxing and painful and challenging year, I think somebody in here just, hey, permission to get your hopes up again? Whoever I'm talking to right now, permission to start seeing the magic of life again? permission to start seeing your faith in color again in Jesus name may the joy of your salvation be restored to you again to start seeing things through this interior filter called wonder again because you have an unchanging indescribable everlasting miracle working mountain moving God who wants to show you the things of heaven right here and right now and he has no rival and no equal and no beginning and no end he shall reign forever and ever and ever there is nobody like our God and there will never be somebody shout amen would you guys jump to your feet at all of our locations stand to your feet right now because we're about to worship and praise this name that is greater than any name we will ever know. His throne higher than any throne that is out there. What a beautiful, powerful, and wonderful name is the name of Jesus Christ, our King. Amen. Lift up a shout of praise to the name above all names. Red Rocks Church, let's worship. <laughs> 